0: What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again in the host spotlight, Mark Francis. What is up?
1: How are you? Good, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Loving life. Things are awesome and busy and great so were we able to, to listen
0: to sermon spotlight last week
1: you weren't of course. on course good I good. always listen to sermon spotlights when I'm not around and you know there's always mention of the missing person yeah that's true so
0: it's okay Alicia's in the building but downstairs all week for the kids week stuff yeah there's uh, a whole slew of kids and a whole slew of volunteers it's very impressive it's happening all week yeah. and they're rolling it's thorough I love it I, I mean uh, I heard like maybe 187 kids oh good I didn't know the won. numbers wow, so, wow. good yep. Good. That's awesome. He's back with us, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Marky Mark, how you doing, my friend?
2: Good. Good. Yeah. Good.
0: Thank you for being here.
2: Yeah, filled in older when you realize the parents of the kids that are coming now were little children when I first came here. Yeah. <laughs> went to VBS when uh, those first years I was here. Hey, so. preparing That's and
1: funny. deploying and preparing the next generation. <laughs> All being fruitful and
2: multiplying,
0: <laughs> filling the earth. It is there happening. <laughs> That's happened with, with my parents and youth group. They've led yeah. kids of of students they had in like the 90s and stuff which is really cool but guys let's jump into a Sunday in review Romans 12 also some other passages coming up Mark Francis I'll come your way first and then we'll actually address a question we had submitted but
1: yeah yeah. I mean, f-
0: for me I still
1: love just resting here in this chapter it's exciting to to have some application content that's going on to where we're seeing just one phrase here in Romans 12 that is you know essentially do not be haughty in mind but associate with the lowly and mm-hmm. You know, you can easily glaze right over that passage. But for me, I personally get convicted realizing, okay, I I do have partiality (laughs) to Mm. plenty of people. And and you you grow up and you don't want to be racist or biased or sexist or chauvinist and all all those is words that are out there. And and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to – that's not me. But there's so many times and examples I can look back in my life where like I'm either looking down on somebody or Mm. having, you know, thoughts that like, oh, I'm better than that person. And it's not right. And so it makes me realize every person struggles. <laughs> I know struggles with this. Hmm. And and you can just glaze right over it. Oh, it's, it's
0: a small sin. It's something to just throw under the rug. and When I think we're blind to it until yeah. this brings it out of us where that reflection takes place.
2: Yeah. You know, many times in the scriptures we're called upon, do not be deceived, my beloved brother. I mean, James brings that out, the passage we looked at, but it's 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 when you can gain more information, which is what that James two passage did. Did you do you not know that God has chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith, and you and and just even an in incidental situations where we may throw or cast a dispersion or judgment or something about someone, and then you get the full story, like the story I read about. And I can't remember where or who first wrote this, but uh, they were on a bus. In Chicago, the bus stopped, the dad and three kids got on the bus and they were wild. The kids, it was loud. It was, and the dad did nothing. He just sat there. Mm. And, uh, this other guy who was sitting there uh, who wrote about the incident was steaming. I mean, he got more, get these kids under control. Mm. I don't want to listen to these kids, blah, 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 blah. You know, he engaged the dad in conversation, found out they had just come from the hospital Mm. where his wife had died. Mm. Those kids, his mom had died, mm. and all of a sudden, a whole nother picture. Uh, it, it brought it into focus. What is really going on in some people's lives yeah. that you know? So, so sometimes we we jump to conclusions. We make uh, you know disparaging remarks about people. Now, James is in that passage we looked at was talking more than that, more of a systemic, more of a of a broad based uh, 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 partiality mindset. Yeah, but we can, but. But we can be, we can do that on individual, incidental. And there's so many
1: levels issues. you can do it. You can look down on somebody and think that you're better, or you can just judge somebody. There's the, there's multiple layers to this partiality concept. <laughs> Sin that's is
2: very colorful, yeah, Multivariate.
1: I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, again, it's you're, we're blind to it, like you said, Caleb. That we'll we'll just go on and live our lives until our spouse might point it out to us, or some other something happens in our lives. We're like, oh wow, I've been. <laughs> And, and yeah. I've been looking down on these people my whole life, or this kind of person, or whatever the judgment that you're finding
2: with other people is. It's it's and it's prevalent everywhere, right? And and it, it it's timeless. Here's the yeah. Apostle Paul talking about it in yep. Romans. Mm-hmm. James, the earliest epistle written, is addressing it. Um, so yeah, th- there's something in the the makeup of of a fallen humanity and of our flesh uh, that has that propensity to, uh, want to elevate ourselves, uh, at the expense of someone else. And that's the bottom line. The sin is what's in this for me. It's a selfish. And that's why in verse 16 of chapter 12, Paul Mm -hmm. is saying, you know, don't, don't have an improper estimation of yourself because that's the, the issue. Don't be wise in your own estimation. Uh, do not be haughty in mind. I mean, that's the cause. That's yeah. the bottom line cause. I'm going to look down on you mm. because it'll make me feel better. Yeah, and I love myself. all your
1: examples, too. I mean, you get, you just give a whole <clears throat> slew of examples, whether it be nationality or race or ethnicity or sexuality, you know, male, female. That You go down this whole thing of a list of items. Anything that, that's different, anything that's than, different me. than me. Anything that's different than me. And you're right. It comes back to this. I don't
2: like you or the way you look or the way yeah. you act or the way you talk or the way you walk because it's not like hey, me. Hey, guess where ethnic <laughs> jokes came from? You know, the old mm. Polak jokes, the old, <laughs> right. uh, you know, uh, you know, mm. we can have fun amongst uh, our staff sometimes is, you know, John Morrison is a, is a, you know, is a Texan, uh, you know, mm. hook them horns yeah. or Don Nartog is, a, you know, Iowa Hawkeye and, and, you know, whatever. And it's playful. It's fun, but boy, get in the stadium and, you know, it's it's, it's the real over. deal. Yeah,
0: playtime's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think there's two sides to that coin. One is we can live as if we aren't sin experts, which I think we are. And the <laughs> other is we can live as if we are experts on God and righteousness, which we aren't. Mm. And so to get to that point, we realize, okay, this is Christ in me is is what gets me right with God. And even then, they're creating me a clean heart, oh God. That is, that is an ongoing, yeah. please do mm. that, Lord, because I know what the default's going to be in this flesh yeah. that we're dealing with. Um, I think that's really important. We had a, we had a question
2: submitted. Yeah, well, it, yeah, and the, the James passage the, at the very end of the passage in verse twelve and thirteen, um, and I I didn't develop this. I didn't mm-hmm. have time to. But his conclusion was so to to the, um, the people he's writing to, so speak and so act as those who uh, are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment, and of course immediately there's a sense of what that's got to be referring to unbelievers because believers aren't going to be judged that Jesus paid for our sins. I mean, the cross freed us of that, that Jesus took our judgment so that we won't be judged. And so you read a verse like that and it's very easy to, to, have questions raised then if you've never been really taught much about this, the whole concept of eternal rewards, the judgment seat of Christ, and that mm-hmm. type of thing. So I, I think there's some good uh, questions uh, about that that uh, were raised from the passage mm-hmm. uh, at the end, but um, never really got developed. So, so if somebody
1: says something that's effective, are, are they speaking to believers or non-believers? Yeah, you know, where's the where's the context of this James passage?
2: Yeah, and if my theology is such that. Um, I've never heard a concept of believers being judged, you know, like the judgment seat of Christ. And, and I'm only focusing on, um, that Christ paid, took the judgment for me and I'm set free from that. Well, then obviously I have to look at this passage and conclude, it, it can't be referring to believers then. But that's where uh, we really have to let the text speak for itself. And I think that's the first thing that we have to look at. What does the text say? And when you go to like the beginning very verse, my brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. He is talking to the brethren. Mm-hmm. And he if this wasn't a possibility, then God is wasting Holy Scripture telling the brethren, not to do something that they weren't capable of doing, mm-hmm. so of course they were capable of it. That's why it's written here. Verse five emphasizes it again. Listen, my beloved brethren, and really all throughout um, James, you, you've got that 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 emphasis. I mean, chapter the or verse fourteen of chapter two. What use is it, my brethren? Um, or in uh, chapter three, verse one, let not many of you become partake or become teachers, my brethren, knowing that you'll incur a stricter judgment there's the judgment again or chapter 5 verse 9 do not complain brethren against one another so that uh, you yourselves may not be judged behold the judge is standing right at the door Mm. so I mean in all these passages there is a concern by the pastor James over the flock that he's running to and it's that they were showing this sinful tendency as he says in 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 uh that v- verse um where, where it says you have become a transgressor of the law mm-hmm. um you know you you have sinned um the law of partiality have you not sinned so um yeah so so the text itself is telling us this is brothers so going for believers
1: with this text that's right so for us out there so what what you're saying is that there's two essentially judgments judgment seats is what is taught in scripture
2: yeah, right. There there mm-hmm. is the, the way I would describe it, the way I understand the scripture teaches that there is a judicial judgment mm-hmm. in the law court of God where um if uh if, if a person has not put their trust in Christ and received the free gift where the of the pardon of their sin by the blood of Christ applied to their account, the imputation of Christ's blood to their account, uh if that judicial um, transaction has not taken place. We, that person will stand before the law court of God at the great white throne judgment of Christ and um, be cast in eternity uh, of hell f- forever because of the judicial judgment. Mm-hmm. Now, as believers in Jesus Christ, the moment we trust Christ, we are declared right. So that that, in that law court of God, Christ's blood and payment is applied to our account. We are declared right. Our sins, past, present, future, all of them are, are, are paid for. But we still sin. Mm-hmm. And so it's as if God takes off his judicial robes, his His white wig of, uh, of, mm-hmm. of the judge of the universe, and he puts on that heart of a father. He puts on it's that real robe, personal. The familial mm-hmm. father love. And Hebrews tells us, whom mm-hmm. the father loves, he will discipline. There's a judgment that takes place. God is not the grandfatherly type person who closes his eyes. Well, I, you know, their sins are paid for, you know, boys will be boys. No, there, there is an accounting of sin, both temporal, uh, but also in that what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, uh, 10, uh, mm-hmm. 9 and 10 of the judgment seat. And in Romans chapter 14 mm-hmm. of the judgment seat of Christ, the bema seat of Christ where we will all stand, he says, and give an account for what we've done in the body, whether good or bad. Uh, it's the the parable of the, minus, uh, the menace the, the, in, in Luke chapter 19. You know, everybody received the same amount at the beginning, all those servants. Some doubled it, got, you know, made 10, some only did five, and some squandered it. Uh, they all had the same amount to begin with it was at the accounting when the master returned mm-hmm. that there was a judgment, there was an accounting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what uh, James is referring to, um, uh, this earliest of epistles uh, uh, of, um, of that, that coming judgment that is in that sense, merciless. In other words, and I like to describe mercy as God you know, withholding what we rightly deserve. Grace is God giving to us what, we, what don't. we don't deserve, and and He withholds from us what we rightly deserve. In the sense that, um, um, He's merciless. He we we will have to stand, and there's no grading on the curve. Everything will be exposed. The day will reveal it. First mm-hmm. Corinthians three, and it's accurate. It's penetrating. It is, um, uh, it will be. It will be painful. It's painful.
1: balance that potential fear of the repercussions of how we live our life now, knowing that, okay, yes, we're, we passed that first judgment seat. We yeah, first, right. that past judgment. That's the big one. Now we're in this kind of familial, family-like, right. father-like kind of... Uh, fellowship thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, so there is there a guilt that we should have while we live here or this motivation of like, am I doing well, this for the right reasons? How do you balance that... That potential fear of the judgment of God, and wow, the, yeah, versus
0: still having the freedom of grace and can I response? try? Sure, okay, and then you fix whatever comes no, out of no. my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you were asking that question mark, I feel like there's a there's a. F- there's can be a healthy fear and a reverence of yeah. Christ. And some of the pastors use that word reverence of a healthy fear. Uh, you use the word guilt, but then you also use just the word motivation in general. And, and to me, that's where it leaves an impact of like, okay, there can be a motivation for what my, that arrival to heaven is going to look like. Because from my perspective, I grew up in this church. Here's what I've thought of heaven from infant to now. At first, sunshine and rainbows, streets of gold, all that stuff. But you're not even thinking about God. You're like, will, will grandpa be up there? Will my friends be up there? you're hyper aware of who else you're gonna see. Then as a young adult, a a young man, a kid, I guess, you start to realize, okay, I will actually see God up there. Mm -hmm. But now as I'm a grown man, I'm thinking, wait a second, I'm gonna actually see God up there and he's gonna see me. I'm gonna have to talk to him about some stuff.
2: And there's gonna be a tough conversation
0: because he's God.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I mean, I think you guys probably, I grew up in a Christian home and you probably, I mean, you grew up lily white probably too. Although none of us were lily white and I can remember one time (laughs) when I was in high school uh, I was out on a Saturday night and did something that I shouldn't have done. Mm. And I got home and I woke my folks up and I told them, I told my dad, because sure as yeah. I was standing there, my dad was going to hear about it tomorrow morning. Mm. I mean, a you know, small town, rural Nebraska, it it, it was going to get around. So Way to I
0: control the news, Mark, so it doesn't control you. Yeah, that's, that's right, right, heads right. play.
2: <laughs> but so I told him about it. Um, mm. And sure enough, that next morning, someone... Told my dad, "Hey, do you, did you know what your son did last night?" And my dad was able to say, "Yeah, yeah, I did. He came and told me." Mm-hmm. Now I feared my dad in the sense it was more than just respect. Yeah, I respected my dad. I loved my dad, but I feared him mm-hmm. because th- there were there were going to be consequences. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a home where there were consequences to sin. You can either choose your your uh, make your choice or you can choose your consequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I made a choice that night. But I couldn't choose my consequence. It's a package deal. So I had yeah. to deal with it. And um, we, we will all stand before, again, the judgment seat of Christ, whom the Lord loves. He's going to discipline. On this life, there should be a sense of, of fear uh, of, of living carefully. It's that old uh, story of, uh, of, um, of Aslan the, the lion, you know, is he, is he safe? And, and the beaver said, no, who said anything about being safe? But he's good. Mm-hmm. He's the King, I tell you. Mm-hmm. So let's not get in this mindset of God being this, hey, high five, granddaddy. Comfy, and, cushy. Comfy, cushy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no. He is holy and we're not other than our identity with him in Christ. Mm-hmm. And there is a part of us, the sinful flesh that can be carried away um, and um, and dishonoring him in, in, in this life. And he will deal with us here and there will also be an accounting about how we're going to serve Him. And verse five of the James passage talked about how um, that um, He that um, says, uh, "Lesser my beloved brother, God chooses the poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He promised to those who love Him." There is something coming about being a servant, being an heir in the kingdom. Everybody's Mm -hmm. gonna enjoy the kingdom, but not everybody's gonna be an heir. Entrance Mm -hmm. versus inheritance. That's right. And these Mm -hmm. are very important principles that so often are not taught in bible teaching churches but it's there and i and i i just uh, feel like we need to be keep consistently teaching these types of things because and it is to impact our life here. Yeah, i feel like in any topic like this
1: there's ditches on either side. And this is one classic one where you can be on the ditch of just complete freedom and license to do what you want to do and live the way you want because you've got grace by Christ or you can be on the other ditch and be fearful of Legal god, god coming mm-hmm. to get you and, and have the improper motivations and have the improper mm-hmm. reasons and yeah. doing things so there's got to be this healthy understanding and the full counsel of god to know that's right this is where he is holy and this is
2: where he's gracious yeah you know th- this is kind of an aside but it, it it often does come down to how our earthly fathers hmm. our relation with our earthly fathers and if you had a dad that was understanding and loving and you know i heard some wonderful stories this past father's day of, of dads who, you know, that were no longer with their, their family or in heaven, are uh, deeply missed because of the kindness and the, the, the impact they made in their hmm. families. But there's the other stories too, of dads who were mean hmm. and harsh and never showed an ounce of sympathy hmm. and, and our view of God is so easily shaped by that. Yeah.
0: Um, wow. Yeah. To that point, sophomore year at JMU, I, I was had an opportunity with some friends to sit down with this this female student and talk through a little bit of the gospel, and it was it was going well by all measures I could have possibly given to it until uh, somebody delivered the line of, "This God is like a father." Immediately, she said, "If that is true, then I want nothing to do with them." Yeah. She got up and walked away. Wow! Got up and left. And her friend said, "You know, her dad left her when she yeah. was young. So it, that what you think of that familial language can make or break your willingness to even open yeah. this up. And you mentioned so many biblical churches are avoiding it. I think I I feel like I know why. It's because it's uncomfortable, and and we want to be comfy in church, but that's not what
2: yeah, God wants from yeah. us. You know, yeah, it's it, tricky. It, it is. And if you think about it, if you just if we just thought about it." Um, you can take a believer who w- walks with Jesus their entire life so carefully, lovingly, um, and, and they may not be the Billy Graham's of the world. I, I think mm-hmm. of uh, my my grandmother, who was just this godly saint, little Norwegian woman um, who made it a profound impact on anybody she she her life touched. Um, not deep theology, but just a life that was. Well, guess what? She will hear, "Well done, good and faithful servant." I mean, it's just that faithful uh, service of God. Uh, John wrote mm-hmm. in First John uh, chapter two, verse twenty-eight. He says, um, "You know, let's let's not shrink back in shame at his coming. Let's mm-hmm. you know, let's let's uh, move forward. Let's it says, let's abide in him. Uh, you know, in a relationship with Jesus." Um, and not shrink back in shame. And so, someone say, Oh, he, he must be talking to unbelievers. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you say he and relegate such verses, well, he must be talking to unbelievers, you're missing the whole point of why it was written. And it's calls to holiness, it's calls to obedience. James is deeply concerned about the church here that he's writing to. They were showing partiality. Hmm. This is not a group of unbelievers. But the the Un, it, such things to unbelievers is absolute foolishness. It is it, to, to those who are perishing, the word of the cross is, is foolishness. He's not going to waste holy scripture telling unbelievers to do something they're totally incapable of doing. Mm-hmm. It's he's writing to believers, and we, that we can't miss the critical that. love that they were
1: engaging in, which is, it, you know, having that's the mask the, on, having the. It's it's the royal law, and James right. brings that out. They were not following the royal law of love. So how can we have unhypocritical love? So the opposite, and we've talked about these over the last several weeks. It's just it's walking in the spirit. That's right, moment by moment, day by day, not getting bogged down in the weeds of these details of am I doing the right thing, or is God going to get me or judge me? You want to have perspective of that, yeah. but it's what am I going to do in this moment right now? How can I show this person I'm engaging with love? Yeah, walking by the Spirit, resting and trusting in Him to where your words. Are accurate. And your thoughts are accurate the way that God would have them to be,
2: Un, untainted yeah. by our selfish ambitions yeah. or our selfish um, uh, goals and desires for ourselves. And again, I brought out a little bit in the sermon. Jesus is the greatest example. If you were talking to the woman at the well of Sychar, what would our response mm-hmm. be? Would it be the same as Jesus? If you know, uh, h- how do we deal with uh, with a Simon Peter in our life? Uh, or with a Simon the Zealot uh, in her life or Matthew the tax collector. Um the remarkable thing and I just I just hinted at this is that Jesus had this ragtag bunch of of of, of disparate uh, such divergent views and perspectives mm. as his disciples. He was teaching them how to get along. Yeah.
1: And with, him with engaging the, with those disciples who were a bunch of ragtag sinners. Oh man, how frustrating would it be for Jesus just to write them off? Yeah. <laughs> and say, right. I'm, I'm done dumping my time and effort into you people. <laughs> yeah. You know, but he consistently was patient. And and I mean, just reading between the lines here of the, the sanctification process of those disciples over the time of mm-hmm. Jesus, that must have been frustrating for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, you know, mm-hmm. figure it out, guys. Like, yeah. Let's, so his example of dealing with incompetent, low level, incapable people is, you know, way above and beyond what we have to yeah. go through on a
2: regular basis. <laughs> and in that sense, God is so merciful to us <laughs> yeah. as he does in, mm-hmm. in, in, and and that, I mean, he is so gracious and he's so merciful. There is a time coming at the judgment seat where that judgment is merciless mm-hmm. in the sense that um, it's, 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 it's going not to, watered down. It's, it's not, not watered yeah. down. It's right. it's, penetratingly painful. And that's
0: that's one thing I wanted to mention too. Merciless is a, a spiritual buzzword when mm-hmm. we read it in the Bible. We what can you picture that's a place without mercy? It's hell. It's it's the you know, if if I was sh- merciless against you, it would be so, so evil and nasty. Yeah, yeah the evil miserly, right. you know, uh, tax collector which I am yeah. to Mark Francis all the time. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, the way God is merciless, it, it, it just means he's not holding back that which is best for us. But we
2: define it otherwise, and that's where it just gets very. Yeah, we we bring our baggage mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. into these texts sometimes, and again, we have to let the text speak for itself. Now, the clo- the concluding comment, though, of, of that phrase was, "But mercy triumphs over judgment." Hmm. And I think, hmm. I think what he's saying is, "Hey guys, pay it forward. Hmm. You know, uh, you're, you're laying up treasure in heaven, um, and it can be good or bad. Uh, so pay it forward." To the degree that we are showing mercy here, hmm. we will receive that 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 hmm. that that judgment is hmm. uh, is going to be diminished. Um, so, hmm. uh, it, it, God allows us extra credit <laughs> here in life. <laughs> and um, again, I, I realize people can raise the questions about then motivation. Well, should that motivate us? You know, is that just, shouldn't we just do things out of our love for Jesus? Of course, we should. Mm-hmm. But I do find an interest in the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5.8, in that passage, in, in chapter 5, verse 10, and, and, he, and in verse 11, he says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, I persuade men. Hmm. So, I mean, Paul is doing his work because he knows he's going to stand and give an account for it. I buffet my body, he yeah. said in, in uh, uh, Corinthians 9.27, 28 in there. I beat it into subjection, lest I, having preached to others, might myself be disqualified that Paul was motivated by the fact he's going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and that rewards are going to be met a given and um he says I'm I'm going to run in such a way that I'm going to win hmm.
1: And You can throw it into the pot of motivations. I mean, you can't just cling to That's right. that one motivation. That's exactly right. Mean, the love right. for God and the obedience to what He's called us to do, and the motivation of the rewards and being to hear well, gun. faithful right. service. If you just hold on to one of those, you're missing the full picture. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so to understand when if somebody does ask you what's your motivation, there could be a whole slew of right answers. But let's put them all together. To That's where exactly you can right. Fully recognize this yeah. is
2: how I'm supposed to live. Yeah. And you can't do that if you don't. If, if the word isn't taught properly. And if we come in skewed with a particular uh, uh, understanding, uh, theological That was one of your points.
1: Yeah. I think one of your outline points was partiality reveals a partial understanding of God's character and a partial understanding of God's word and a partial understanding of what God will do one day. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, understanding his word, his character, who he is, yeah. know, knowing God will then grow your picture of the motivations,
2: grow your picture of how to live your life, which and, is exactly what James does in this passage. Yeah. that outline comes right from, yep. from the text, and um, yeah. So, um, you know, if you struggle thinking about these things and and embracing it fully, keep wrestling with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, boy, the more I study the Scripture, the more I see that principle just all over, all over the place, and uh, um, and it's a it it, it is a healthy. It it is a healthy principle. Going back to a thought, I, I don't think I ever finished. I think of someone like my grandmother, who was just this humble, meek, and and lovely Christian person, um, um, and uh, a, a, another believer in Jesus Christ who truly is born again and is heaven bound, but just kind of lived for themselves and were more into you know making money and and that kind of thing, and you know just. Uh spending there pretty much and you know g- going to church and maybe, you know, helping with kids' week, you know, for a week of the year or something like that. But pretty much still living for themselves. I do you really honestly believe that God is gonna just say look at these lives? Well, and... that's gonna fool him. Yeah, right, right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna fool God by you know, loving for my no, no, you don't do, <laughs> you know. God is not mocked. Galatians mm. chapter six, Whatever, mm. whatever a man sows, he will reap. Mm. count on it, both in this life temporally and in the life to come. Mm. So, as I tried to explain in the sermon, what we do on this speck of 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 time, of life right now, in the ocean of all the sands, grains of sands of eternity, what we're doing on this speck of sand right now called life now is critically important because it'll determine the whole course and, and our, our, our eternal future in terms of our service mm. and our, our 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 place in the coming kingdom. Yeah. Um it's you that, that important. And I, I just I have this movie line in in my mind. There's
1: a, a famous quote from a movie that which is Are you gonna share with what you do here in, in this life oh. echoes through eternity, yeah. I think is the line. So yeah. I won't quote the movie where it's from but
2: that's <laughs> That's what I am But there, it's, it's, it's a massive truth. scale. It's a truth yeah. statement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, keep wrestling with it. Um It's good. It's worth wrestling. Mm,
0: good stuff. Mark, what can we point people towards before we get out of here? There's some stuff on the calendar, There's including this weekend, I good believe. Good stuff in the calendar. Yeah, so... The, First of all, yeah. I had to do this last week, and they both made fun of me for having to look up the dates. But I stand by it, because I didn't want to butcher it. You're fine. But this is your strength, so... Strength is. It,
1: that's that's <laughs> what's minor. your job. Yeah, <laughs> your, it's your <laughs> job. That's right. it's your strength, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is very true. Uh, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm, I'm doing it. So you know, there's yeah. there's some cool stuff happening. Obviously, Kids Week is is here, and in, in, in the middle of that week, just continue to pray for what's happening mm-hmm. in the building at FBC. But then on Friday night is the next Fellowship Together event, where there's a movie night, and beforehand there'll be. Bounce house. There'll be ice cream. Ooh, I didn't know that. Snacks. There's going to be it's popcorn for the movie. Nice. For There's going to be really cool stuff. Now we won't let you in the bounce house, kid. Um, yeah. So the movie will start. Yeah. Actually, we're like supposed get to come
2: an hour early and blow the thing up. Yeah. <laughs> it's an, and that's your job. Just yeah. yeah. you go. man the. <laughs> you we need
1: some people to man the bounce house. You can <laughs> do that. Can I'll more? do it. That's yeah. fine. Um, blow it up. Test it out. The movie will be Prince of Egypt. And so to have mm-hmm. a family friendly great night out, uh, you know, we'll start it as early as we can, but it'll probably be close to nine o'clock. And then when the movie's over. We'll we'll go home and it'll be a great night for the fellowship together concept of it. But then the following weekend, um, mark your calendars for no Sunday morning worship services mm-hmm. on July 4th. There will be a one-time all church gathering for a seven o'clock service. So come early for that. If you want to just bring a picnic, if you want to get together with your community group, come early for that. We will have a frozen custard truck on site so you will have at least some sort of fun tasty dessert that you can pay for and then after the sermon mark you can maybe elaborate on this we're going to watch a movie amazing grace that correlates to your sermon which also correlates to the song spotlight that the worship ministry has been putting out there of amazing grace so to learn a bit more about the depths of those lyrics will be kind of neat so that's on july 3rd seven o'clock worship service wait till it gets dark we'll watch the movie together. yeah
2: in the past uh, on occasion Um, I will do a kind of more of a historical sermon, you know, depart from the scriptures for uh, a sermon and and, but go into some church history type stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought this would be an opportunity to do that. Uh, uh, And so I'm going to share some things. At least that's my plan right now. Who knows what. The next week and a half. We'll Apple pray Green. for good
1: weather. We'll, we'll like be doing it outside, outside on, yeah. on William Wilberforce. Just right, to, there you go. It. Yeah, and if the weather is inclement, then what, what do we do? We'll make some arrangements to be indoors. Um, okay. And, and we'll announce that well early in advance to still have okay. a couple of different indoor gatherings on that day. So okay. That would be the plan. So keep keep watch out. You mean pray for the I, I may
2: still have to preach more than, <laughs> more than once. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, good stuff. Marks, thanks for being here. As a reminder to all our listeners and viewers, you can find us all over the place. Google Sermon Spotlight, we pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.